Good morning and welcome to Faith FM. You're listening right across Australia on 87.6, 87.8, 88 on the internet, on the app, wherever you may be. You are listening to The Breakfast Show and you are joined by Lawson and... Blake. Blake! <laughs> Good to have you here, man. Nah, you just really pumped me up with all that energy. Dude, was, we, we have to be I was be not here. energetic at all. And then after the introduction, I'm just, let's go. Like, I'm you're ready. ready. I'm ready. Ah, that's so good. What are you grateful for this morning? Faith FM. <laughs> for waking me up me early too. in the morning. And I'm here. We kind of had this conversation before the show started. You got to get in that rhythm. Yeah. Like, I, I, I'm not in that rhythm. But <laughs> apparently, this is when the sun comes up. I haven't seen that in a while. So that's pretty cool, too. Yeah. Sun, Sun rises are very beautiful. Yeah. More of a sunset guy, but I'm I'm fighting that right. Dude, now. we're well down that path. Like <laughs> like in terms of because we well, this is, today's the first day of spring. Yes, and, and we were having a conversation in my mind when I woke up very early. I was like, first day of fall, <laughs> and then I was like, I am in Australia. You're in I Australia. Remember. Yeah, okay. It's springtime. <laughs> but here. it's first day of spring, so the the sun has been coming up like progressively earlier. But, you know, uh, like middle of winter, we have the situation where it's like <laughs> still dark when we start the show. And, yes. But now it's great. You know, wake up, like see the sun streaming through it is, it is as uh, as we start the show. I tell you what, Blake, I am grateful that you are here. Um, I am grateful that, well, I, I was going to say that Lyle's not here, but it's not that Lyle's not here. <laughs> um, it's that, you know, he had a successful operation and surgery yesterday. Oh, nice. Um, he's doing well in his recovery. So that's really great for him what a champ um yeah also grateful i'm going to be doing some some filming today some secret top secret not really i'm just I, of lyle's recovery no, oh. no, no, no. <laughs> i thought that was like okay well i don't know no. i don't know where this is going i'm so, a little nervous i wrote a cookbook and then, and then oh. we're gonna we're gonna do a promo video so of a, really yeah it's free can it's we a, get it's the name free, of it it's called the asoc newcastle vegan cookbook Ooh. You're listening to The Breakfast Show Podcast on Faith FM, positively different. That was the Rochesters with Keep On. You are listening to Faith FM on this beautiful Wednesday morning. I've mm-hmm. got Blake sitting across from me. Guys, you know, we've, we're, we're the fill-in crew this morning, <laughs> getting it getting it done. But hey, send in some good wishes for a while. 0491064669, currently recovering from a medical procedure, thankfully. Uh, didn't lose his life, unfortunately. That means we... Uh, uh, no, I, I can't even go there. I'm just like... <laughs> he survived. He survived. Actually, I want to encourage the listeners. I mean, one thing that helps me when I'm, like, recovering from illness or injury, which, you know, I am a lot, obviously. <laughs> um, I love memes. So send in the funniest meme of healing for Lyle. I want to, that's what I want. This is a, yes. That's a challenge. So send him a, a GIF or a meme. Uh, I know some people say GIF. I don't know the real answer behind that. It's a mystery to all yeah. of us. But um, send the funniest healing memes uh, to 0491-064-669 because I want to see what happens. Actually, send it to our Facebook page because it'll be, be better to come in through Facebook. You know, just internet connection, like with, our, with our phone, like with our phone numbers is a bit, bit iffy, but dude, send them through the Facebook, Faith of Fam Australia. Send <laughs> healing me memes. memes. Heal, the healing memes. All right. Uh, Blake, what's going on in the world of, of positive news? <laughs> well, it's tough to find that these days. Um, <laughs> But there are some crazy things uh, that I did see uh, going on over there in China. 
Okay. So, okay. Okay. yeah. So we have, you know how we've had lockdowns? Yeah, that's You right. might have realized that when you couldn't leave your house <laughs> for the last month or so. Dude, you know what I've been really struggling with? I just bought a motorbike. I just bought a new motorbike and I've been trying to get my license for like a month. And the the South, South Wales is yeah. really close. But. Um, oh, wow. Hey, that's cool. That's cool. You got a motorbike, actually. Sorry, I'm because you're like a motorbike master. You're like <laughs> yeah, a, no, a, a GP guru. It was cool. It was like, yeah. oh man, like I'm gonna get to ride this motorbike around. Gonna well, save so news. much money on fuel. Like you know, had my tax return come in and like, oh, I'm rich now. <laughs> what am I going to do with all this money? Let's burn it immediately. <laughs> yeah, that's right. Awesome. But now I'm like kind of regretting it because I can't get my license because of lockdown. So, but, anyways, but the China, bike looks good. The bike does okay, look good. That, and it, I can ride it in the backyard. Yeah. So. Style points. That's right. Um, well, anyway, there are... So, with these lockdowns, a lot of people have been playing video games. Yeah, that's right. Like, a lot, like video gaming. Gaming's all over the gaming consoles. We've got Xbox, PlayStation, Nintendo Switch, like, whatever it is, PC stuff. But China's like, nope. Not going to happen. Okay. And so China was like, hey, we actually think, uh, basically, it says here, online gamers under the age of 18 will only be allowed to play for one hour on Fridays, weekends, and holidays. This is China's video game regulator who's stating this. So basically, Fridays are the weekends or holidays. You only get one hour. And not only do you only get one hour, it's a prescribed hour. So it's basically right here that game playing would be only between 8 p.m. and 9 p.m. And then so, that's it. Yeah, so it's not that uh, you don't get to choose your hour. It's you better be ready to roll at 8 p.m. to 9 p.m. And I, I just find it interesting because basically the Chinese government is is telling its people, hey, we're seeing some negative side effects on playing video games the whole time while you're in yeah, that's right. lockdown or whatever. Uh-huh. I don't know what's going on over there in China, but yeah. you know. I, I yeah I, I don't know if they have well, the same is, kind of lockdown, but would, it's interesting. This would be a continuation on something that Lyle already shared about, where they brought in in restrictions. It was the first time when they like brought in restrictions for you know underaged gamers um, that they couldn't even log on between the times of ten and eight. And now, obviously, like whenever you bring in a restriction, people are going to get around it, <laughs> and and so you know they're trying to work out how to better manage that. But now they're going even further with the restrictions. Even further. Though. Well, and, and because it's says earlier this month a state media outlet branded online games as spiritual opium so they're really just stopping the old uh drug trade there and uh yeah wow they're like in china it's 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 a tough one right because in in like the the truth is is that it it can be addictive fully oh no doubt i'm I'm a super addictive personality and and i can definitely see how gaming can just wreck people's lives for sure. Yeah, for, for sure. sure. And I think that like this is even there's an interesting conversation here about freedom, right? Yeah. Because it's like how much do you restrict, you know, an outlaw the the things that potentially can cause harm in society when they're not inherently morally wrong. Mm. You know, you, you like to call gaming, uh, you know, spiritual spiritual opium, opium is it's got the it's pretty like it's, it used to be the internet cafe. Now it's the opium din that yeah. people go to. So <laughs> that's it's right, pretty wild. But that's at the end of the day, it's a piece of media, mm, and and we absolutely. have deemed media to you know be. Like, media can portray, you know, morally wrong things, morally correct things. Like, media itself is not evil, but what it's useful can be. And so, they're, but they're just taking the step like, oh, no, it's just bad. Let's just. It's interesting because what it says is we know more than you. We know better than you. Mm-hmm. And we will, we will dictate to you what, what will make your life better. 
Yeah, wow. And there's, you know what this is? This is the conversation. I've been having this conversation a lot with a lot of people. There's a spectrum. You have the freedom and safety spectrum. On one end of the spectrum, you have freedom of speech, freedom of religion, freedom of movement. We've lost many of those things lately. And then the other end, you have the safety, the safety of what we say, the safety of what we believe, the safety of where we go and how we go and what we look like. Yeah, for sure. And both of them actually have merit. They're actually, and both of them are good citizens. Like Mm -hmm. you're being a good citizen, a loving neighbor, if you are promoting, you know, freedom of all those things. But you're also being a good citizen when you're saying, hey, let's make sure that everyone around us is Mm -hmm. safe as well, too. But they're very different things. Like you can't have freedom and safety and you can't have safety and freedom exactly the same. Like it's a spectrum. Mm -hmm. And we have to decide as a people what kind of what end of the spectrum that we want to be on and it really i mean i don't know if we can talk about spiritual things but it really ties into biblical prophecy as well too like as restrictions and freedoms are taken away as well too um people will be prevented from doing certain things in the future yeah. uh because of their beliefs you know i think what's really interesting here for just in the freedom conversation particularly where the government's at is that they're willing to, you know, the, the video games industry is massive. It's bigger than the music industry. It's bigger than the TV industry. It's like true. it's It's eclipsed all those. Um, and in a country like China where you've got such a large population and where those networks, you know, for gaming are so in-house, like you, you're pumping a lot of money, like, through that thing. Like you are, those who are in control of that are big-time rich. Multi-billionaires, like, maybe even trillionaires. And it's interesting that the Chinese government are willing to oust those people and cut down, like, their triple bottom line. Their revenue, yeah. Their revenue, um, you know, for for the sake of their citizens. Let's let's put it in that language because it is, you know, there is this level of restriction, but it's like for the sake of their citizens, they've, they've recognized this thing is bad and they're willing to cut it down because me and Lyle have had the conversation many times, you know, when it comes to the pornography industry, when it comes, dude, online gambling at the moment is just massive because of the lockdowns um, and, and it's just exploding and it's continuing to grow and these things are being harbored by the Australian government. And the world is so different than it used to be even even a year ago even two years ago even five years ago i mean like in the late 90s we wouldn't have we having these kind of conversations in the 80s there wasn't even the internet to function like this so like in a very rapid short amount of time which is also a fulfillment of biblical prophecy like information shall shall increase at the end of time yeah that's right we don't know the ethical impact or the communal impact of all these new technologies. Yeah. And we're living right. in a world where we're just like being bombarded right in the face. Like, Hey, mm. this is happening all around us. You got to choose what you're going to do with it. Dude. Like, especially, you know, just working at the moment, you know, I'm, I'm, I'm like gone into the first time in my life where I'm sitting behind a screen for nine hours a day for mm. work. Mm. And I don't know the effect that that's going to have on me. Like we can see in, in the short term, but ultimately we're no still kind of, yeah. We're still, still kind of working that out. So good food for, food for thought. If you have any thoughts, 0491-064669 is the number to call. This is Stephen Curtis Chapman. With- You're listening to The Breakfast Show Podcast on Faith FM. Positively different. Let's have a look at some some uh, current news, some Uh-oh. hectic news. Well, basically, we we kind of have to talk about it. The um, The occupation of Afghanistan has ended. Wow. It's 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 completely ended and uh 
uh, U.S. President Joe Biden uh, has hailed the uh, extraordinary success of the withdrawal of U.S. forces in... <laughs> Whoa. <laughs> stop, stop laughing, dude. You're going to make me Sorry. laugh. <laughs> Nationals from Kabul. Um, as the war in Afghanistan officially ended after 20 years. Is that seriously the narrative that's happening right now? That's an, uh, it's an amazing success? Extraordinary success, yeah. I, I read that and I was I'm a little sorry. bit... Shaken. I don't care whether you're Republican, Democrat, or whatever the other ones are. Like I think liberals and laborers. I'm not. I sorry. I'm so non-political. I don't know the parties, and I apologize to all parties here. I. Uh, but that is not what's happening. I'm yeah. Sorry. To call anything that has happened in no. Afghanistan an extraordinary success. I, I have personal friends, personal friends who are over there right now rescuing mm. people from. The aftermath. They're pulling people out. Wow. And and I just I actually just got a phone call from one of them just recently. Uh, I don't want to name names or anything because yeah. we're on air, but I, I it is not that word. Extraordinary success is not the mm. word that's happening at all. It's a rescue mission and we're saving people. Um and that's praise the Lord for that. But man, uh wow. At the what same time, like, um, you know, um, Biden has came through. He's, he's praised the incredible skill and bravery of the soldiers, the diplomats, uh, the intelligence professionals who have carried out the operation. Um, it's been one of the biggest airlifts and rescue missions in history. Um, yeah, we saw that. Noting that more than 120,000 people uh, have been airlifted out of Kabul. and Plus the ones who are hanging on. Yeah. To like, I mean, that's how crazy this is. So, yeah. I, how can we call that an extraordinary? Well, I'm sorry. I'm sorry. <laughs> I'm getting fired up. Uh, like, because there are people's lives that are now, that's now right. that everyone has pulled out, what we need to be really honestly prayerful for. This is Faith FM, and I want to encourage listeners mm-hmm. to be praying for the people who have been left behind that's after right. this quote unquote extraordinary success. There, there are. Some terrible things are going to happen to some mm. people who have been left over who are followers of God, worshipers mm. of Jesus Christ are going to be persecuted. And they're going, it's crazy, they're going door to door. Yeah, so I've actually, I've got, I've got some stuff on that. But before before okay. we get there, kind of, this is, this is where we're kind of left at at the moment. You know, the last plane has left Kabul. Um, that you know, that's where at 123,000 people have fled so far. Wow. Um, and as the last plane, like, literally took off the runway. Um, you know, members of the Taliban are, are shooting guns into the air, celebrating, you know, they've finally gained, uh, you know, the, the control of the country uh, for the first time in in their history there. You know, they've, they've had skirmishes back and forth, but, like, they are in control now. Yeah. Um, and now they kind of face the, the challenge of going from an insurgency group to a government. To be in a government. Um, you know, I think that there were some things that preceded this that would make that transition a little bit easier, that being the kind of peace summit that they had with the Taliban uh, last year, mm. where, you know, they, they the Taliban said that they have cut, you know, all ties with al-Qaeda, you know, all ties with ISIS and whatnot. Um, but, yeah, they are, like, the, the people who are really touting this as a victory is the Taliban themselves? You know, they're congratulating themselves. They're they're like while their feet are kicked up on the presidential suite desk. I mean, I've seen the pictures, so I've seen the yeah. I've seen what's actually happening, and it's a it's a it's a wild time. the The madness of how fast they got out. They left so much stuff behind. Yeah, like, that's right. We're mm-hmm. talking hundreds of millions of dollars of military equipment has mm-hmm. been left behind. 
in this quote-unquote new government. So, um, according to the the Taliban, the spokesperson, this is kind of the the press release they've put out. They've said, we want to have good relations with the U.S. and the world. We welcome good diplomatic relations with them all. Uh, He also insisted that the Taliban security forces would be gentle and nice. Wow. (laughs) That's a a guarantee right there. That's... Interesting. Actually, I saw a photo on Instagram. It was like a screenshot of a tweet from one of the Taliban PR guys. And it was like a picture of like Taliban soldiers with AK-47s, like eating ice cream. And it was just captioned like Taliban eating ice cream. And it was supposed to, you know, kind of raise you know, a good picture. They, of awareness. They, they eat ice cream. They're just like us. But um, look, you know, although... This is coming from the Taliban side, and we've seen the kind of chaotic rush that has been the the exit of Afghanistan. Um, There are still people are making the point um, that there are a lot of people over there who are being persecuted. 100%. Um, uh, One of the people who are really speaking up about this is a um, a former U.S. Secretary of State, um, Mike Pompeo. He's saying that Afghan Christians are facing a potential genocide. Um, and if the U.S. doesn't make, or if if no one, but most importantly the U.S. Mm. doesn't make swift and decisive um, action in this area, then basically you know they're gonna be wiped out. Um, because the narrative is that it, it, we're heard from the Taliban is oh you know our uh, security forces good nice whatever it may be, um, but they've had representatives um, you know covertly sending messages from um, different ministry groups. Uh, one particular one called the Global Catalytic uh, Global Catalytic Ministries um, over in the Taliban um, have they've shared details about you know what's been going on in oh, from sure. the Taliban um, how they've been sweeping the countries. Uh, this was a quote from from. One of the leaders who's yeah. you know kind of unnamed in this in this section because they you know they're protecting their identity. Of course, still. and and so while the Taliban's eating ice cream and pretending to be nice, like there's a reason why they're protecting their identity. That's right. It says our people are on the move, running from house to house and city to city to avoid getting caught. Unfortunately, many Afghans are calling out the location of people in hiding to give favor with the Taliban. The situation is dire for our people as they are witnessing women and girls being taken away from their homes as prizes for the Taliban to be abused. Um, the streets of Kabul are nearly empty. There are no women or girls walking around. Afghans are no longer wearing Western clothes, and our leaders of the underground church have been stopped at the borders by the Taliban. Thankfully, um, they've been uh, many of them have managed to escape without being hurt or killed, even though they have been threatened and pressured um, to give up. The whole process, too, oh, it, it, it just breaks my heart. And, and there are uh, citizens of um, American citizens who were trying to get out and the Taliban were not letting them go. And mm. uh, then then even the U.S. was saying, like, U.S. officials were saying, do you want to come? Well, you can come. And they're like, yeah, but I have wife and, ch- like, my children and, and my wife and my children or, or a dependent um, parent. And they're like, well, you can come, but they can't. And then they're like, well, I can't come without them. And then, they, then they're changing the narrative and saying, so you're choosing to stay in Afghanistan. We tried to get Oof. you out, but... You made Oof. that choice. That's on you. That's not on us. Heavy stuff. Uh, it, the way that things have been manipulated and changed, it's it's heartbreaking, actually. Yeah. The way this is shaking out is that, you know, although it is being touted as some kind of success, 
Afghanistan will be remembered, you know, because this is kind of bringing a close to the to the U.S. chapter, the U.S. occupancy in the in Afghanistan. There's still all these things going on, but as we remember back to that, it has been one of the biggest tragedies and failures failure. of the 21st century um, in terms of military action, and so. And human rights, and, action and as human well. rights. Just think of the people's lives who are just changed forever because That's of right. the complete failure that has happened. That's right, and it's incredibly sad to hear. I know I said I would talk about uh, some lockdown stuff, but I, I don't really have the time for it. Hey, if you have any for- thoughts, give us a call zero four nine one zero six four six six nine. You're listening to the Breakfast Show podcast on Faith FM, positively different. Right now, it is time for our guest interview section, and on the phone, we have David Haupt with us. David, are you there? Good morning. Good morning, gentlemen, and good morning to your listeners. Yes, so happy to have you here. Obviously, we, we get you on, for those who listen, get you on every single week to talk about all different kinds of topics regarding you know mental health um, and you know what's... And also today specifically how it relates to some of the things going on in our world because today's topic that we are talking about is survivor's guilt. Uh, we've just done a section on, you know, it's kind of Afghanistan coming to a close, uh, the U.S. getting out of there and just so much of the trauma that's going on. Um, and, and I can see quite clearly how survivor's guilt could be related to that. So let's get into it. Mm. Lawson, uh, survivor guilt really was coined during the Holocaust for those people that survived the Holocaust, but we've seen the same elements taking place in many people, especially where there has been major trauma. People have lost their lives and an individual has survived. Uh, There's interesting research in 2018 that they found that 90% of people that have gone through major traumatic events actually faces some level of survivor guilt. And this was uh, quite phenomenal. In 2019, another study looking at lung cancer survivors and other people that have been smoking or have contracted lung cancer, between 55 to 63.9% of those survivors would actually experience survivor guilt. Hmm. Oh, wow. So my kind of perspective on survivor's guilt would be, is initially was that like, oh, you need to go through some super traumatic event in the sense of like, I don't know, surviving a car crash, but this can, it seems like this can apply to many things. Correct. Yeah. So, uh, it, the, the, the key elements is the combination of the trauma that there is events that are happening, major trauma and some major losses experienced in the process. Mm. And that an individual, especially what, what is very interesting is what are the characteristics that we find that actually contributes to survivor guilt is that people often have, uh, is very sensitive. People have an underlying, um, you know, anxiety or depression in their life. People that come through history of trauma or childhood abuse, uh, psychiatric problems, or lack of support from friends and family, uh, and especially where people also utilize alcohol or drugs as a means of, of escapism, uh, that you will find that a much higher percentage of people will uh, battle with survivor guilt. And then the, the, the last one there is people with a low self-esteem. In other words, they feel unworthy to have survived. Why did they survive? 
and um, others die because they themselves don't have the, uh, the value really to be able to survive. Mm, so essentially from there, if, you know, we've got like a kind of target demographic of who faces this, how does that then play out in a person's life? What do they start experiencing as a result of, you know, survivor's guilt? Like what happens after that traumatic event? So people go through different phases in, in their life. And uh, some of those phases, they feel, uh, they experience feelings of helplessness, flashbacks of that traumatic event. They experience irritability, lack of motivation, mood swings and anger outbursts, obsessive thoughts about the event. So it replays uh, in their mind. They just close their eyes at night to try and sleep and just relive all of those things. It even affects them on a physical level where their appetite changes, that the difficulty sleeping, headaches, nausea, stomach ache, racing heartbeat, et cetera, et cetera. That, uh, that's just happening in their life at that moment. Wow, that's interesting, eh? Because, like, it's seeing as that it's, like, a, a, a largely a response to, to trauma, mm. but the symptoms play out like many other struggles with mental illness that people have that you would normally deem as, like, oh, something that is, you know, genetic or maybe long-term, but this kind of just really rushes up on someone after that traumatic event, it seems like. From a Christian perspective, I don't believe that God ever created us uh, to have to go through trauma. I mm. believe that his design was for us to live in a perfect world with harmony and uh, that thing. So trauma is an actual fact today is very much part of our life with COVID, with events that are happening in Afghanistan, uh, etc. Uh, for us, it is to some degree fairly normal, but it's still abnormal. And therefore, uh, our reactory uh, responses demonstrate that. And uh, therefore, psychologically, we don't uh, bolt for it. But what's very interesting is that people that have a major support group around them have the ability to be able to talk through these things, uh, have healthy lifestyle in their life, has a far greater potential of of uh, working through this and much quicker have a turnaround. Uh, there's a scripture that for me stands out as I was preparing for this this morning, and that is that in uh, Ephesians 2 verse 10, that Paul writes and says that each one of us has been crafted in Christ Jesus for good works. Mm-hmm. What is very interesting in trauma uh, that I have done, I specialize in the field of trauma for my master's degree, and I take the patients that I work with to an event where they actually look at the event, not as a victim, but in actual fact as a preparator, pre- preparing them to be more effective in helping other people later in life. Mm. So I look at the stories, for instance, like Joseph, like Daniel. Each one of those in Scripture went through major trauma in their life, survived, but at the same time made something out of their their trauma. In other words, we see that they step up to a higher mark in life to help others and make a difference in other people's lives. Yeah, wow. That's fantastic biblical answers. Oh, like, yeah. Biblical examples right there. David, I feel like I'm in like a therapy session right now because a lot of the stuff you're talking about, I'm just like, check, check, check. Yes, thank you. <laughs> um, so just uh, send me your details and I'll send some payment over for that later on. <laughs> <laughs> 
<laughs> good to hear on the radio, though, my friend. Um, <laughs> Always good to hear you, David. <laughs> well, I'm sure, like, Blake, if you feel that way, and definitely, like, I hear some of these things, and because, you know, the reality is, is that we've all experienced levels of trauma in our mm. life. Um, I'm sure that there are some of our listeners as well who are listening to this, who are identifying with this. And I think, David, for you, uh, as our kind of expert joining us, what are the steps that they can begin to take to work their way out of this? Let me just uh, just go back a step to where we've just been, if, if you don't mind. We yeah, talk sure. so often about post-traumatic stress disorder. Mm. By the way, survivor's guilt is a symptom of post-traumatic stress disorder in the DSM-5, the, the psychiatric Bible. That's what I was so, thinking, actually, David. When you were saying this, I was thinking, man, PTSD all the way here. Sorry, keep yeah. going. Yeah. And it, it, it is a clear symptom of PTSD. So um, we talk about post-traumatic stress disorder, but lately I am talking more and more about post-traumatic growth. Instead of holding you back, what is the potential if we in actual fact could see a higher calling through my pain? In other words, I can't live just for myself anymore. I actually have to live for others and make something come out of this pain. In other words, reach people for something that help others mm. that in actual fact we see in the research in therapy that people that do do that actually have post-traumatic growth. They come out stronger on the other end. Now, you, uh, Lawson, you asked me what can they do. Um, first and foremost, they need to acknowledge that these, uh, these feelings Mm. and experience are going to happen and therefore flow with it allow it to happen experience talk to someone that is professional about it connect with other people isolation excuse me is the worst that you can do right now connect with other people get help CBT cognitive behavioral therapy actually helps you when you sit down with a therapist that does CBT can help you to uh, identify the distorted thinking and help you to work through through those negative thinking. Then it is vital to make sure that you practice self-care. In other words, take um, enough rest, make sure that you sleep well, journaling about the event, about the thoughts that you have, but not just scribbling down thoughts. Go back and analyze to see whether those events have a distortion in and then rectify it by rewriting. Make sure that you eat well, that you exercise well. Spiritual connectedness is vital. Avoid escapism. Don't go into alcohol and drug use mm. as trying to just get away from it. Rather hit, uh, face it head on and then make this thing count by helping other people in the process. Talk about your events with others. Wow. David, I'm, you just basically did a list of all the things that I should do that I'm not doing. Uh, so I'm going to go make some serious changes uh, to how to deal with that. But I one it reminds me of the story that you were just saying um, uh, about PTG. Uh, I love that. Uh, post-traumatic growth, this PTG. It reminds me of when Joseph, he's thrown into the pit by his brothers. Gonna, they're going to kill him, then they sell him to slavery. But in the in the very beginning book, uh, Patriarchs and Prophets by Ellen White, she actually talks about how Joseph determined in his mind after he was sold to these slavers, uh, slave traders, he determined in his mind that come what may, no matter what happened, 
from that point forward, he was going to serve God faithfully. And he made that decision right then and there. Then, later on, he's a slave. Then he gets thrown into prison for a long time. And But his mindset, he's dealing with these traumatic situations so differently because he's saying, no matter what happens, I'm going to serve God. And what I'm kind of hearing from you is for people to deal with trauma in a better way, it's to have that mind shift from a PTSD perspective to a PTG perspective. Now, it's a lot easier said than done, obviously, but I just, uh, what are your thoughts about that with Joseph making that decision? Is, can we actually make those cognitive choices to change the behavior? Is that possible even? It is possible. My own personal life is a testimony to that, mm-hmm. and the many people that I work with has done exactly the same. Um, what is very interesting is the story of Joseph in Genesis chapter 50 after they buried their father. And now Joseph has a, no one anymore that can restrain him from taking revenge on his mm. brother that so ill-treated him. Says the following to, to them in verse 20 of Genesis 50, the last chapter of Genesis. He says, but as for you, you meant evil against me. Mm. But l- listen now to the change. He says, God meant it for good. Wow. How's that possible? That is God the author of my pain? No, but God, according to Paul, Ephesians 2 verse 10, allows that to become a crafting moments to prepare us for a unique work and ministry. He says, in order to bring it about as of this day to save many people alive. Joseph actually activates a complete change in mindset to bring honor to God through his pain. In other words, live to a higher order to make a difference in other people's lives. Recognizing that all things work together for good for those yeah. who love the Lord in Romans 8, 28. Uh, it's, Amen. It's Amen. so, it's so um, important to remember, we got to change the mindset. Lawson. Yeah, oh, yeah. I was, I was thinking from the perspective too, as you mentioned there, like, you know, one of the things that we need to, to overcome, you know, the, those survivor guilt problems and PTSD is that community. And then as you mentioned, to channel your energy and that PTSD into doing something good and something positive and helping others. It's like, I, I feel like that that just describes the Christian conversion experience. Like we all come to God with our trauma and with our struggles and he makes us something more than we are and helps us to, to channel that into, into, um, into his work. It's mm. powerful. So is it possible that we, while we talk about survivor guilt, we can actually change that into survival opportunity? Wow. Everything's a mindset change over here, David. This is, you know what? I know that you're from South Africa. I got married in South Africa. When you come out of South Africa, you got to have a PTG mindset attitude change because it's wild over there, brother. <laughs> it, it sure is, but it offers great opportunities to reach out and touch people's lives. Wow. Hey, David, thank you so much for joining us this morning. Some incredible um, stuff being shared there. We're going to move on. Thanks for being a part of the Faith FM family. Join our community on Facebook or get in touch at 1-800-FAITH-FM.